Sister Karen, oh, the time <laughs> has come. And you know you'll be the only one to complain. <laughs> oh, my God. Just saying. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the clubhouse. I'm Beth. And, and I'm Kirsten. Stacey, welcome back. We're in Yay. person. Yay, we're in person. You're, I can walk. Your hip is doing so good. I got a new way to walk. Walk, walk. I got a new hip to walk. Are you going to walk like an Egyptian? Walk, walk. Are you walking on sunshine? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm walking on sunshine. Wow. I don't have time to feel good. Shoes. I know. I love that song. Don't feel good. Wow. Hey. Yeah. Walking the dog has been feeling good. So good. I'm Beth. So, so good. glad. And the weather's been fairly decent until today. Until today. Until today. Until today. Dun, dun, dun. But Beth, do you know that this is the Made for TV Movie Club podcast? Are we? Is yes. that who we are? Yeah. That is who we are. And welcome. we do want to welcome our new listeners who don't know anything about the fact that I just got a new hip three and a half <laughs> weeks ago. But welcome, South Africa. Welcome. And our listeners in Miami and Atlantic Beach, Florida. Do you see this turtleneck? This is not a turtleneck. This is like a loose flap of fabric. That doesn't even should I get a scissors touch cut it? around my neck. That's called a cowl neck. I know, and it doesn't keep I don't, me toasty. I, I want to be toasty. I do not like cowl necks. No, I find neither. them very uncomfortable, and I'm always Stupid. like grabbing at them. Yes. So, Case, I got to meet Richard this week. Richard was our guest on, I think it was episode 27, Trilogy of Terror. Yes. I've taken three classes with him. Yes. And I was just really happy to meet him, have coffee. We had a really nice conversation. It was really nice. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so to hi, Richard. see a human being in I person. I know. I know. It was hey, really, Richard. really nice. It's just really good also to be back out in the world of, of the writers. World. Well, that too, but authors, because we have a couple of events coming up down at Boswell. Yes. So we're going to talk about that. I'm super excited about that too. And we're going to... Fortune Feimster. We are. And before we next record weekend. the next time, we're going to be, next time we'll have to talk about how fun she was. Yes. I just I love wait. her. I love her, love her, love her. It's so, going to be fun. Yes. Yeah, so this week, this episode, we're reviewing Mazes and Monsters. It originally aired on December 28, 1982 on CBS. Okay. TV Tango says it's based on the novel by Rona Jaffe. Yep. A group of brainy college students get caught up in a Deadly, quote-unquote, Dungeons and Dragons type fantasy game. Oh, dear. Not the D&D. Not the D&D. Oh, oh no. Boy. So I remember when I was an undergrad, we, you know, you have to take credits, you know, like whatever. So I took a philosophy class. And there I learned about the morality play in old ancient Greece. Oh. It's been going on a long, long time. And this movie carried on that tradition. It sure did. This is full on. This is what happens if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It's such bullshit. No good can come of it. No good can come. No good you know, and all I want to say is back then, why didn't you just play the game and see that it's not yeah. bad? I know. It's just so bizarre to me. I it's know. so bizarre. So but bizarre. The 80s were a strange time. They, they it's a were. very strange time. They were. Robbie, who is our head dude in this movie, yes. is played by Tom Hanks. Yes. Case, how is Tom Hanks best known? Well, I would say he is a two-time Oscar winner. And for me, my favorite Tom Hanks movie is Big, followed closely by Forrest Gump. But then I really do enjoy him in Bosom Buddies. I know. I liked Bosom Buddies. We mm -hmm. watched that. And I think it only lasted maybe a season. Maybe. I don't think it was on that long. But I remember watching it as a kid. I remember liking it. And I, Peter... Scalar, Scalari. I think that's how you say it. He, okay. he also was in that show. It was so funny. Yes. Maybe it wasn't because I haven't seen it since the 70s, but I remember it being funny. Well, an interesting premise that you would not, it, it just doesn't happen today. No. So back in the day, there were apartment buildings that were female only. Yes, correct. To keep the girls safe. Yes. No boys were allowed, not correct. even fathers, because I remember people who lived at St. Catherine's in downtown Milwaukee. No men were allowed beyond the entrance. Correct. And that was very common. Yes. Because remember, Case, even back in the 60s and 70s, women really were just starting to like kind of go and live on their own. Like prior to maybe even 
probably even prior to World War II, women didn't really live on their own. They didn't no, go get apartments. They weren't even allowed to have credit or credit mm, cards or, or um, bank accounts, probably. Mm, the whole voting and, thing. There's, I yeah. mean, there's so much. There's a lot. You know, remember that time where women were like considered property? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that didn't end as not too long ago. far along as go as not you would think. Too so long ago. anyway, moving so on. So Tom over Hanks there. and Peter, Tom and Peter, their characters dressed up as women in order to be able to live, live in, in this, this apartment, apartment building. Which today would be would just be in every single way probably like super creep. Yeah. But it was a funny show. It was funny then. Sometimes you just have to take things. Some things what just they don't are, age this, well, but this no, was, it was fun. It, 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 there's a lot of things that didn't age well, but we just can't go back and change the past. So we're going to enjoy the body of work that Tom Hanks gave us. My favorite Tom Hanks is Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. Because you know how much I loved Meg Ryan. I still love Meg Ryan. And I'm super sad she doesn't really make movies anymore mm -hmm. because I think she should. But anyway, oh, change.org. Get them start a petition. Bring Meg Ryan back. Bring Meg Ryan back. Um, and what was the one I don't like? The fucking volleyball one. I hated that movie. Castaway. Castaway. Hated that movie. I'm sorry, Tom Hanks. I love you, but I really didn't like watching you spend two hours talking to a fucking volleyball. Mm -hmm. It was at best boring. Yeah. Well, so Tom Hanks is your movie crush. One of my movie crushes back in the early 80s was Chris Makepeace. Oh, which is why I watched this movie. Yes. Because he was in it. Yes. And I feel like I probably didn't know he was in it until, remember back in the day, you didn't know who was going to be in what until TV Guide came out. That's true. Today, you know, years ahead of time, who's going to be the next Batman, who's going to be the next Spider-Man. Yeah. We know that now, but mm -hmm. we didn't back then. No. So we had a sit down sister. I don't even think we had a VHS recorder to record it or anything even at we that didn't. point certainly not in 82 chris makepeace is probably best known for his roles in my bodyguard which i think is really truly one of the best films of the 80s if you haven't seen it go watch it it's very good delightful and also very bill murray made a little movie called meatballs mm -hmm. and chris makepeace he's the one he's the kid who he plays the kid who was run, the runner yes in the movie and it was a he kind of played the straight man to bill murray's crazy wild and crazy dude guy yeah i love that movie it was so funny and that was the one with the ending where they put the camp head camp counselor on the he ended up on the float he was sleeping in his bed and then yes. they all left and he was in on the float it yes funny yes wendy cruson plays kate she's a canadian actress but she's probably best known for her role on air force one which starred harrison ford she also starred in a canadian show you and i both like case called working moms yes which i think has been renewed again but I'm not sure what happens like with the pandemic with some of that. So I don't know the status of that currently, but it's a great show. And then she also is now currently starring in a series called Good Sam, which I haven't heard of. So it might be a Canadian show. Yeah, I've not heard of it. And trust me, I've had plenty of time lately to watch movies and TV shows. Correct. So I think if it were on in the United States, we might know that. Probably. Because you have more streaming services than I do. I do. Because we have DirecTV. So Dude, we've got, no, we have DirecTV and all the streaming do services you? because have you met my husband? <laughs> I have. Yeah. <laughs> he likes a lot of TV. He's a great guy. Yes. David Waisaki plays Daniel. He's okay. been done mostly so he's, he's a handsome man very handsome very handsome they man. should have called him handsome dan yeah they should have that would have been good he was in general hospital in days of our lives yeah he's still handsome if you go onto his imdb you can for see for sure current picture good cutie pie looking Murray hamilton who plays lieutenant martini i just really like that name wouldn't you love to have your last name be martini yeah it's pretty great i think maybe we should change our last names to martini <laughs> He's our murder. She wrote Connection. He doesn't have a huge role in this film, but he was our connection. And he was in Jaws, The Graduate Anatomy of a Murder, which was filmed in the UP. I love that movie. I think it was filmed in the 40s or 50s. It was a black and white film. Great film, great novel if you get a chance to read it. Also, so this is our second take because we were using our headphones and the sound wasn't particularly good, but we talked about this. So I'll bring it up again, Case. Okay. There was another actor in this movie who was on murder she wrote three times but back in the 70s and 80s not all the credits are in imdb just because i think i don't know there's a lack of some of information from back then which is fine so the actor that was in it three times his picture was not in there so i don't know what he looked like he was just credited as hall yes so we think that it's probably the great hall but we're not 100 percent sure especially because also his voice is like 
need to sound like this. So you can't even hear like his actual real voice. It's true. Yes. So. It's made to be monstrous. Yeah. But we're just glad that there's actors in Murder, She Wrote. Yes. Yeah. We love our good connections. We love our Murder, She Wrote. Well, you love it more than I do, but I'm not mad at it. Okay, good. I'm no. glad you're not mad at <laughs> You know I have a lot of anger inside of me, right? <laughs> Don't you be angry. me for a minute. Yeah. Don't be angry at Angela and her sweaters. No, no, no. I love Angela Lansbury. She sings, what's the Christmas song? From the musical. We need a little Christmas. We need a little Christmas. Christmas. I love that song. Yes. Okay. So our movie opens at the Pequod Caverns. It's nighttime. And Lieutenant Martini is explaining to a reporter, Hayden, that they're looking for a missing student who played mazes and monsters in the caverns. Not mazes and monsters. Yes. That's so bad. Hayden, the reporter who is dressed like Kermit the Frog, (laughs) he's on Sesame Street News. I feel like he needs a big cigar or something, too. But he literally has that trench coat. It's hilarious. Yes. He does. He goes live on air and shares that the student may lack distinction between reality and fantasy, (laughs) which could lead to death all because of the game. Casey, you know that when you play Dungeons and Dragons, you become the character so much that you can't remember who you you are. You don't even know reality. Come on. All right, so JJ arrives home from college to his mom's bougie Manhattan townhouse. That a townhouse is something, isn't yes. it? Oh, I love it. We learn that he has an IQ of 190. He wears unusual hats, and he has a minor bird named Merlin. Merlin. Who likes to say birds can't talk. Birds can't talk. His mother has redecorated his room again, which he hates. It's like a hospital room. It's yeah. all white. It's, it's all white and hilarious. like tiled. And he's like, Mom, you know, I hate it when you do this. Apparently, his mom is a famous interior designer. Yes. So. And she was off to the French consulate for yes. some big bougie She's very thing. important and bougie. I love it. Okay, next, we have Kate, who's talking to her mom on a pier. We find out that Kate's parents are divorced. And Kate can't get a man because they don't like smart girls. So it's, it's true. Yeah. She's an aspiring That's why it took writer. Us so long to get a man. Yes, exactly. There we <laughs> oh, go. wait. Maybe it just took us long because the guys we dated didn't like smart girls. Yeah. There you go. They were I'm all the dummies. Time. They were all they dummies. were dummies. They were too dumb to know what they had. Stupid boys. We're so lucky though that they Stupid didn't like us because we ended up with some pretty good guys. We did. We're lucky. We are. We are very lucky. Very lucky. All right. So Kate is an aspiring writer with writer's block. Next, we meet Daniel, (laughs) who is having dinner with his parents. His parents are pressuring him to transfer to MIT and become a software developer. And he stands up for himself and says he wants to become a game designer. Good to you, Daniel. Now, we are on the Grant University campus. Students are returning for the term. Kate and JJ hug. JJ tells Kate that Daniel is probably hooking up with the woman of the week and that he still hasn't found a fourth player for their mazes and monsters game. After the last fourth player flunked well, out. Well, you know, that's also what happens if you play yes. Mazes and Monsters. You, you flunk, flunk out. out. College. Uh, so, they just hit all the marks in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Just ticked them right off. Tick them right off. As Robbie's parents are driving him to Grant, they tell him that he's no longer allowed to play Mazes and Monsters. It's so bad. Because he left, apparently left Tufts University because of it. His dad threatens to cut him off financially. Don't do that. And calls Robbie's mom a drunk. <laughs> Which she was, I guess, kind of bad drunk. Like she kind of was playing drunk. I don't know. She also wasn't drinking. She didn't seem so drunk to me. I, but she didn't particularly seem drunk weird. to me. And she also wasn't drinking. Yeah. So it was weird. You know, I know. Whatever. But whatever. whatever. She's a drunk. Yeah, just so whatever. you know. Whatever. All right. Now we cut to the cafeteria. JJ sees Robbie and asks him to join the Mazes and Monsters group. He invites Robbie to also a birthday party for Bridget Bardot. It's so funny because he's like, I'm having a birthday party for Bridget Bardot. And Robbie asks, oh, is she going to be there? And he goes, and JJ says, no, but maybe next year I should invite her. Yeah. Why that struck me I don't so know. funny. I guess we just I, have to know that JJ is a weirdo. I but I also feel like JJ really knows Bridget Bardot. Probably because his mom is really like, you know. And then he makes a comment that his dad, I didn't put this in the script, but he makes a comment about his dad being like the biggest publisher in New York. Yeah. So don't know. obviously they have some connections. So mm-hmm. it just struck me as hilarious. But I think we should have a party for Bridget Bardot. Yeah. I feel like that'd be fun. That would be very would fun. Would it just be you and I? Would Probably. <laughs> our listeners, you guys, you got to come to our party. Yeah, you can we, come. We could throw a good party. We could. We It'd do. Fun. We're we do. fun. We We're have fun. and we do. Okay. So then Robbie attends the party and he meets Kate. 
and explains to her that he's a level nine mazes and monsters player where you get to create your own characters at a level nine. And so is, so are is you, Kate. Are you kidding me, husband? <laughs> I remember, Case, how I said how much I love my husband. Yes. What did he just do? I, is he mowing the lawn? I don't know what he's doing, but it can't be mowing the lawn. He is on some sort of machine for some purpose. I know, I but don't it sprayed know. the... It just sprayed our window, which yeah. I'm sure you all just heard. But we're no, not cutting it because... No. I would say right now, I love you, Mike, but he doesn't listen to the podcast. So. No, no. All right. So Robbie is a level nine. Kate is a level nine. Daniel's a level nine and JJ is a level nine. And so all of them are together at the party and they convince Robbie to play the game with them. Yes. So now in the next scene, the four are playing mazes and monsters. Dun, dun, dun. Daniel is oh, no. the maze to... controller. Is it okay to watch the scene? Casey? I know he's in charge of the game. Kate is Glacia, right? Did I say that right? I think Fighter. so. Glacia or Glacia. JJ is Freelick, a sprite. And Robbie is Pardo. 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 He says Pardo, right? Pardo. 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 A holy Pardo man. And moi. Yeah, That's a holy a man. One. So now there's a love song yeah. montage as Kate and Robbie fall in love. Exclamation point. Yes. <laughs> Robbie then confides in Kate that on Halloween years prior, his brother disappeared. Okay. So we're at college. They're hanging out together. They're playing mazes and monsters. Kate and Robbie are an item. And Robbie shares this thing about this very traumatic event about his brother Hall just disappearing on Halloween. Okay. So JJ and Daniel are painting their character figures. That's one of the fun things about Dungeons and Dragons and or mazes and monsters. JJ tells Daniel he wants to be an actor, but he's not leading man material. I think you are, JJ. I think you're cute. Mm -hmm. My 13, 14 year old girl. Yeah. And me says, you're very cute. Very cute. Daniel kind of humble brags about how hard it is to get a girlfriend because he's known as a makeout king. And oh, I kind of feel for him. You know, he's like, nobody takes me seriously because they just think I'm just like this big kind of flirt. But I would love to have just a girlfriend. Yeah. But also, like, seriously, Daniel, you don't have to sleep with every girl and then mm -hmm. you won't get the reputation. So, yeah. I mean, it's and it's fine. If you want to be a ladies man, Daniel, that's good for you. Yeah. Go. Go get I'm it, not girl. saying he's innocent in this whole thing. No, but... I just think it's funny. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think this movie tries way too hard to box everybody into certain characters. Yeah. And I think like the opening scenes where they're like, here's JJ with his mom. Here's Kate with her mom. Here's Daniel at dinner. And it's like this supposed to be this almost stereotypical. Like, this is why these characters are the way they are because yeah. the parents. Yeah. And I didn't love that. Yeah, I hear you. Didn't love it. I hear you. All right. So now we've got JJ stopping by Kate's dorm and Robbie answers the door and JJ seems a little bit upset. Kate tells Robbie that JJ is very lonely. I wonder if he has a little crush on Kate himself. Probably. But we find out also that JJ is only 16 and he's a sophomore. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't bring that up earlier because mm -hmm. I just didn't get that sense until no. they said that. But then it made sense. Yeah. So we've got JJ talking to his bird, Merlin, about ending his life. And so he decides to do it at the Pequod Caverns because he will be remembered and therefore immortal. And then he drives his motorbike out to the caverns. Yeah. I didn't like how this was portrayed because then they completely dropped that. Yep. And I, oh, here we it's go again over. with whatever this machine is my husband is driving around. Yep. Again. Yep. La, 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 la. All right. Talk loud, Casey. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so we've got Robbie. Kate comes over to visit Robbie and he's like, surprise, look, I got a double bed in my dorm and now we can live together. And she's like, oh, dude, a little too soon. Way too soon. Way too soon. So, all right. Now we've got the four playing the game and JJ's character dies. JJ proposes a live action mazes and monsters game in the Pequod Caverns. He assures them it's safe, but Kate is worried they'll get expelled because you're not supposed to go there. Or play bases and monsters. Or Yes. So eventually they decide to do it and that JJ will be the game controller. So he bribes his friend Perry for a skeleton and then borrows costumes from the theater department because they're all going to get doing, what do we call it today? LARPing. LARPing. I know. I love it. Like, I love this movie sort of today feels a little bit like all the people who played Dungeons and Dragons got a lot of grief about it because this movie was not the only like sort of 
don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And you weren't allowed to like, you had to hide that. And now it's so common. And I love that. Yes. Like, guess what? You just go ahead and you can do whatever you want. You get to be who you are. Yeah. I love that. Back then, not so much. Right. All right. So before the four go into the caverns to begin playing, JJ explains the rules. So let's take a little bit of a break and listen to the rules. Let's listen. You are entering the secret mazes of the evil Verations. Somewhere within dwells the wicked Ak Oga, the most fiendish monster of them all. His awesome wickedness is matched only by the greatness of his treasure. Shall ye enter? I, I, I. So, Case, I want to talk a little bit about what we decided to do for the summer for the podcast. Oh, I'm yeah, so please excited. do. It. We've decided that we are going to spend the summer watching movies and talking about movies that were either pilots of or made from TV shows. Yes. So I'm super excited. We've got all, um, we're going to do some Murder, She Wrote. We're going to finally do one. There's only one Murder, She Wrote movie that actually fits our 70s, 80s, and 90s because most of them were made in the 2000s. It's true. But we're going to do the one that was made, I think it's 98. Okay. Which I'm super excited. South by Southwest. Okay. I think we've got some Knight Rider on the bill. We've got Heart to Heart. I'm hoping to find, some of these are a little harder because they're from the 70s. BJ and the Bear. It'll be fun. Little love boat action. The love boat. You know you want to be on the love boat. The one movie that they never made, that they should have made, was Hardy Boys. It's true. However, there is a Baywatch. The Baywatch pilot and the first season of Baywatch was Parker Stevenson was in it. It's true. I don't know if you remember, but I, I, do wa- remember I watched that. that whole season. That's one of the few full seasons of Baywatch I ever watched. Okay. Because of Parker Stevenson was in it. Okay. I remember the movie pretty well. Yeah. Even though it's been 20 plus years since I've seen it, 25. So we have a whole list in offhand. I can't think of all of them, but I thought what a fun way to spend the summer. Yeah. Watching movies of our favorite tv shows it's gonna be super it's gonna be super, super fun, fun. Yes. i'm just i'm just looking up bionic Woman and i want to and i actually want to shout out to the look back cinema podcast because they actually gave me the idea to do it okay because that he low has been occasionally he'll dm me and say oh there's this movie and night rider is finally on netflix it's called night rider 2000 i think it came out in like 90 92 or 91 okay so i'm super excited so hopefully it'll stay on netflix Otherwise, we'll find some other fun ones. We will. And we're going to try to... Oh, Grizzly Adams. Oh, Because I know how much you love the Grizzly Adams. Deep inside the forest is a door into another land. Here is our life and home. I'm not going to sing anymore. Oh, okay. But you should. So anyway, as the four play mazes and monsters, don't do it. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) They decide to split up to find some herbs that they need. JJ announces that there's a Gorville monster and Robbie freaks out because he thinks he sees and hears one. Like in his mind, he's created this mm-hmm. Gorville. He's screaming for help and the others come running. And then he's like, I've slain the Gorville. So you see him kind of, you know, attacking this quote unquote Gorville, but there's nothing on the ground and he's pointing to it. And so they all kind of laugh nervously because they're not really sure quite what to think here at this point. Yes. So after they leave, JJ, Daniel, and Kate, they're really happy about like doing the LARPing. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, it looked fun. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I would love to LARP. Yeah. I think I, it would I don't be know really what fun. I would want to LARP, but I mean, I would come up with something. I would totally, if I were 25, uh-huh. do Wonder Woman. Oh, I'd yeah. put on some Wonder Woman action, but mm-hmm. probably not so much today. Yeah. Robbie's no. upset though, because we've kind of got the feeling that he maybe not be quite in reality. Yeah. He's a little, mm, a little off. Yeah. And Kate says, and I quote, the most frightening monsters are the ones that exist in our minds, unquote. I love that quote. Not loving it in this movie because the movie, again, is not. uh, But I like that quote because it's not wrong. It's true. So upon returning to the dorms, Robbie says, bless you all and raises his hand. And JJ says, knock it off, Pardu or Purdue, Pardu, Pardo, Pardo, Pardo. I don't know. It's storming now. And Robbie has this dream that he's Pardo. And that the Great Hall, so now this character comes in called the Great Hall, which I think is the strangest name 
to call a character. Mm -hmm. And the Great Hall tells him that since he's killed the Gorville, he's now at a higher level than level nine, but he must remain humble, pious, and celibate in his life because the holy man walks alone. Yes. He's told that when he's worthy, he will join the Great Hall in the two towers. Ooh. So that becomes very important later. Yes. When Kate comes to visit him, Robbie breaks up with her. All done. Yep, it's done. Time for me to be a holy man. Correct. In the next scene, Daniel and Kate are having dinner in a bar. And we so we find out there's been some time that's passed, but we don't know how much time. Correct. Because she's talking about her breakup with Robbie and that she's kind of over it. Like over the breakup. Mm -hmm. She asked Daniel if he's noticed Robbie's been acting weird by blessing people and giving away his belongings, which is an alarming thing. Yep, it's a little weird. It's a little not alarming. Lie. Daniel says, oh, he's just staying in character and not to worry about it. And they kind of have a little love connection. Yep. A little spark going dun, on there dun, between dun, the two. Dun, 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 I mean, you know, yep. that's a good looking couple right love, there. Love, American style. True Do you think blue. that there ooh, ooh, was a Love American style movie? Oh, I don't know. We should look that up. I'm going to look that up. Right, We're going to find that out because I loved Love American style. Yeah. Did you know that this is a super weird way to have it? But I read somewhere that the show Happy Days came from a scene from Love American style. Oh, interesting. But is that even true, though? Because I thought American Graffiti, like Happy Days, was based on American Graffiti. But there is an episode of Love American style with Ron Howard in it. Okay. So that's interesting. I Unsold have to... pilot for a revival of the classic series in 1999. Ooh. Ooh. I wonder if we can find it to watch it. We have Melissa to. That was a very strange show, wasn't it? Yes. It was almost like take the love boat and just condense it into five minutes of story. Yes. But I liked it. And I liked the theme song. We oh, the pilot was aired February 20th, 1999. Okay. So what does it say? How long does it, does it say how long it was? No. One hour. Okay. Yep. I'm going to look it up. It does it say TV movie. Yep. Okay. We might have to do that. Yep. Because if I can find it again. It's been super weird trying to find some of the movies that we want to do. Yes. But it's okay. It's all good. It's fun. We'll, we'll part, figure it out. For me, part of the fun is the search, right? Yep. Yep. So now Robbie dreams that the Great Hall comes to him to tell him he has to find a secret city. And it will happen when he's purified his mind as he has his body. He tells the Great Hall he's making a map. And we see the map on his desk. Okay. So he is actually... Creating, creating something something yep and now kate's driving and all of a sudden she sees a bicycle and then she kind of follows it over to the caverns and she knows it's daniel i think yeah so she goes into the cavern she's kind of calling for daniel then she sort of gets lost in these caverns and she's like yelling for him and he finds her so outside daniel confides in kate that he was cheating at the game and he wanted to find the treasure that JJ hid. Yes. And then they smooch a Runu. Yep. To get the big smooch going on. Mm -hmm. It's the love connection. It was a love connection. They are a good looking couple. They are. Not going to lie. It's true. It's true. Robbie, Kate, and Daniel are all at JJ's Halloween party, which he has in his room. And it's all very sophisticated. It's, I love it's, it. It's very fancy. It's very fancy. Yes. Robbie leaves and then the scene cuts to him sleeping. So he's again dreaming that he's Pardue. Yep. I'm not sure he ever breaks character at this point. The Great Hall tells him to come find him. So as the party's continuing, Robbie, so Robbie leaves the dorm. It's actually really cool the way they film that. Mm -hmm. He leaves the dorms and then you see in the window next to the walkout is Robbie's party. Yep. So you actually see this whole party JJ's going party. Up. JJ's party. Yes. And you see Robbie leaving. And I think that was one of my favorite scenes in that movie just because I thought it was filmed really cool. I thought it was pretty funny because I was like, yeah, I guess everybody's at the party. Yeah. Because there's nobody else ever anywhere on campus. There's no RAs either unless no. they're drunk at the party because. Well, it was the 80s. It was early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't true. stop that kind of actually, stuff until late 80s. It's actually possible case that the drinking age was 18. I'm fairly confident yeah. it was. And yes. JJ was only 16, but I mean, whatever. It's the 80s. Yep. Whatever. Everybody was drinking at 16. So that probably today too. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know what your kids are up to. So the next day, Daniel realizes Robbie's missing and he goes to his dorm room and he's like, well, that's weird because his door is unlocked. So JJ then meets up with Daniel and Kate and reports that Robbie didn't attend class that morning. Nobody's seen him. And then Kate calls Robbie's mom to see if like he's gone there. Correct. And he's not there. 
And mom is clearly drunk because she's like, I'm just, I don't know where Robbie is. And it's just a very... I don't understand that whole, why does she have to be an alcoholic? There's literally no point. There's a lot about this movie that it's just... A lot they, of, they just want to like kowtow to stereotypes, I guess. Exactly. Maybe? This whole thing is a big old trope. Yeah. You know, when you call something a morality play, that kind of what happens. Yeah. I think that's partly why I, I didn't love this movie, because I think the actors they got were outstanding. Yes. The acting is good with they did great with what they had. Yes. The whole script is suspect. Yes. But we'll talk about why later, because we're going to talk about the real story behind this which is sadder than this story. True. And there's no reality. It's not based in reality whatsoever, actually. Okay. So then the next day, we already talked about that. Doi, doi, doi. Daniel, Kate, and JJ enter Robbie's dorm room, and Daniel finds the map that Robbie made. Ooh, it's so, a clue. Yeah. And Daniel says the two towers refer to, and he says Tolkien. Is that how you say it? I always thought it was Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, he's like, do you remember how he, he said it's unusually like Tolkien? Well, I don't know. I was thinking maybe that's the correct way, and I've been saying it wrong. I honestly my whole didn't life. even notice that. I did. I did because I've always said token. But then they don't know who the Great Hall is. They don't know what the Great Hall is, I should say, at this right. point. They haven't figured it out. So Kate's worried that he's actually turned into his character, and they decide to go look for him at the Pequod Caverns. I like saying Pequod. Pequod, yeah. Pequod, Pequod. They don't find Robbie, but they decide to clear everything out of the caverns and then report Robbie missing to the police. And of course, just like in real life, the police are like, eh, he's just off having fun. He'll be back when he gets back. He has the right to disappear because he's an adult. Right. The lieutenant, Mm -hmm. Martini, speaks with JJ, but so he doesn't tell him much about Robbie. And he's like, well, I didn't play Mazes and Monsters with Robbie. And then the lieutenant speaks with Kate and she tells him Robbie was becoming more and more into the game, but denies knowing who he played the game with. And then when Daniel speaks with Lieutenant Martini, Daniel asks what the lieutenant thinks happened. Lieutenant says he believes that Robbie was killed by another player of Mazes and Monsters. Oh, my God. I know, right? I mean, it's just like the 80s. Jump to a conclusion and you hit your head. There's a lot about the 80s I love. But now this movie reminds me about how much of the 80s I didn't love. Mm -hmm. Later, the three talk about what they said to the police. And they actually believe at this point that Robbie is dead. JJ offers to give the police the map of the caverns that JJ made so that they could play the game. And in the next scene, it's the same as the opening of the movie. So we're kind of like going backtracking a little bit. And then Lieutenant Martini and reporter Hayden have that conversation. But JJ, Kate, and Daniel are now there. We didn't see that at the very beginning. They go out there where all the emergency responders are. And JJ, like, leaves the map on the windshield of JJ, of Lieutenant Martini's car. Yes. In the olden days, that's how we communicated. Yes. Via phone stuck to a wall mm-hmm. or by letters you would put in the windshield or somebody's mailbox. You could yep. do it that way. Yep. Daniel, Kate, and JJ show up at the police station and Lieutenant tells them that the caverns go on for miles and miles and miles and they don't know where Robbie's body is or even if he's in the caverns at all. That's true. That's true. The lieutenant believes if Robbie is in the caverns, he's dead. And so now JJ is in his dorm room and he's with Daniel and Kate. JJ draws a duplicate of Robbie's map and they decide to use their game playing skills to find him. All right. Yeah. So here we go. JJ believes the answer to finding Robbie is in the map. And this is when Kate then figures out that the Great Hall is not a place, but a person. Yes. So let's take a break and listen. We'll find out. Let's find out what they know, what they do figure out. That's it? What? The Great Hall. It's not a place. It's a person. Robbie's brother's name was Hall, the one that ran away. Ran away? What are you talking about? Oh, 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 Robbie told me that years ago his brother ran away on Halloween at his own birthday party, and they've never seen him since. Now, the last time we saw Robbie was the day of your Halloween party. Well, that's right. Well, what else did he say? Oh, he said that uh, he, he was dreaming about him a lot. Uh, what else, Kate? Uh, Kate, there's got to be something else. What else did he say? It, but- and action. All right. So we're in New York City where <laughs> oh, Robbie I love New is York City. I've never been around. there. 
Oh, it's pretty cool. I can't wait Walking to Walking around at night. And he seems a little bit confused, a little bit disoriented. Yeah, aimlessly. Yeah. Just, mm -hmm. Just kind of walking around. Now, go. were you uh, flashback to the door? To be door. fair, I walked around aimlessly a lot in the 80s and 90s, but I was probably drunk. That's <laughs> true. Walking home from the bars. Don't tell my mom. Nope. Don't tell my mom. So back at the dorm, we've got JJ, Kate, and Daniel who are doing some research. JJ wonders if Robbie is Pardo or Robbie. They don't get anywhere and they call it a night. Okay, so now we cut to Robbie still walking around New York City and it's still night for him. We got two tough guys do you know in how, jackets. Do you know, you know how we know they're tough guys? Because they're, they're, they're street toughs? Because they're wearing leather jackets. Okay, yeah. Just yeah. I just, you know, in case that stereotype wasn't obvious. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, they're hanging on a street corner in leather jackets it. and they decide to mug him. So now Robbie, he runs and they give chase. Robbie sees the man as Gorville and stabs him. So then the other guy runs off in a different direction. Now we've got Robbie. He sees himself in a reflection in a window and he calls Kate and from a payphone. He's crying and tells her he's in New York City, but can't remember what happened. He says he thinks he killed somebody. <clears throat> so she tells Robbie that she, JJ and Daniel are going to come get him. And Robbie needs to meet them at JJ's apartment. So she gives the address. He repeats it. That's where he's going to go. Right? Right. So Robbie well, that's is the plan. Yeah. Robbie is now walking to JJ's and he sees two men on the street that he believes are the men who mugged him originally. Did you think? They really look like the same guys, were they? I have no did idea. You, did you notice? I that? would have to rewatch that. Yeah, part, I know. When I I, re it. I kept rewinding it, and I'm like, that looks like the same guy. So I actually don't know if it was, and he was hallucinating. It was, and he really didn't. It was weird. Yeah, he is not of sound mind. At all. No, what I really have a problem with, and I don't want to be too judgmental, is they really did not handle how people have sort of. Because we know that the whole Sybil thing was kind of what started this whole multiple personality disorder thing. And I just don't like the way they handled it in this movie. I think it was wrong the way they handled well, it. Well, because they blamed it all on the game. Well, they so. did. And also, I just don't think they portrayed it because I don't think people, I don't know. I had a problem with it. But then again, this whole movie is a morality tale. So I try not to be so super judgmental because about the nitpicky things, because I'm kind of judgmental about why they created this movie in the first place. Okay. But I that's okay because it's got Tom Hanks and Chris Makepeace. So I'm not like mad about that. Okay. So Robbie sees those two guys. He thinks that it's the guys that mugged him. So he runs into the subway. He goes through a door and finds a maze, which is under the subway. And he believes the subway that he hears is actually a giant dragon. So kind of sounds like one too. Yeah. So now he, well, he's down there in the caverns, not the actual caverns, but in the cavernous underbelly of the subway, he meets a homeless man and introduces himself as Pardo. Holy man. The homeless man introduces himself as the King of France. So Pardo <laughs> Robbie believes the homeless man. And he asks about the two towers and the homeless man response that he has heard of them all right now we've got jj daniel and kate they arrive at jj's apartment the doorman tells him that his friend never arrived and his room is redecorated of with a hollywood course. theme and jj loves it it's so, really cool yeah i liked it yeah just a little funny aside all it right so funny. now we've got robbie once again wandering the streets of new york city and jj figures out that the two towers must be the twin, twin towers, towers. So, Which is also kind of sad. Like, I figured out pretty early on. I mean, I remembered that it was the Twin Towers that yeah. they're referring to. But it's kind of sad to see them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it always feels a little nostalgic now to see the Twin Towers in anything. And it makes mm -hmm. me so sad. Yeah. yeah. Sad. So, okay. So, they believe he's headed there to join his brother. So, Robbie finds the Twin Towers just as JJ, Daniel, and Kate pull up and run inside. All right. I'm sorry to interrupt again. I know I'm very interruptive, but they just fucking pull up, park their car in front of the Twin Towers yep. and run inside. Yep. Like, even if there were parking in front of the Twin Towers, 
How do you think in God's green earth you were going to get a spot there, sister? Because they're like me. They get rock star parking every time. I know. Time. You do. I do. You are. That's why I like to go places with you because you always find, always. How many times have we gone down to yeah. like the riverside mm -hmm. and you park a block away? When we saw Sean Cassidy, yep. we weren't even a full block away. I know. I'm really good at parking. You are so good. I get a good lucky spot. So, all right. You do have good karma in that. Your aura is very good. Positive in that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So they spot Robbie, of course. They call course. out to him, but he doesn't respond, of course. So now they're chasing him and they chase Robbie through a door that leads to a closed outside observation deck. Robbie is about to climb over the railing. Oh my God. It's so scary. Which I have to tell you, having been on the observation deck at the Twin Towers, the observation deck is like a good 20 feet smaller than the width of the building. So if you were to fall off the observation deck, you would just fall on the floor below. You oh, wouldn't. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Just, I did not know and that. And so I was like, well, they, you know, obviously these people have not been actually there. But yeah. anyway. We've seen a lot of things. And I just had a, I just had a flashback to Midwest Obsession where she's going to put a tiny little metal trailer, which is an inch thick. And she's going to live in that in a winter in Wisconsin. So, yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of this in the movies where... Facts and truth do not need to live. And listen, trust me, you and I both, we love to read a good tale of fiction. Yes. But sometimes you just have to be realistic about yeah. some of the things surrounding this. And story. sometimes I just get a little hyper-focused on mistakes. That's I get very hyper-focused, not in books so much, but especially in the TV movies now. Mm -hmm. I get, you know, I mean, anybody listening to the show who has listened to more than one episode knows I get a little hyper-focused. I hear you. It's okay. It's part of my character trait. Yep. So, okay. Robbie is about to climb over the railing. And when JJ calls him Pardo and Robbie believes he can fly and JJ responds, you don't have enough points to fly. Yeah. Then JJ tells him he has absolute authority in the game. Robbie responds game and JJ affirms game. Robbie suddenly begins to cry for the second time. He tells Kate he can't remember why he's there. She hugs him as he cries. All it's, right. a, it's actually really a heartwarming scene. Yes, I, it is. I like it is. The acting is good in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that Tom Hanks deserves to be more than a two-time Oscar winner. And he really had so little to work with. This was not a great script. I liked how JJ like immediately was like, you don't have enough points to fly. Like, yeah. Went to the game. So. This was definitely the best scene of the movie. Yeah. All right, so cut to three months later, and we've got Kate, Daniel, and JJ driving out to visit Robbie. Mm. Kate tells Daniel and JJ about the novel that she's writing. She explains it's about their game playing and how they conquered their fears and what happened to Robbie. JJ hopes that they'll all be famous someday, as JJ is now in the director's program. And Daniel has decided to change his major to computer software. Kate says she wishes Robbie were coming back to school. But he can't because he is under the care of a psychiatrist. Yeah, I like this scene too because one of the things I did like about this movie is how nicely they created these friendships that seemed so strong mm -hmm. and I think felt lasting to me. And yep. I liked that part of the writing. Yes, I did as well. Okay, so now Robbie's mom comes out of the house to welcome them. She's sober. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote that. So It's I, a beautiful home. It's a beautiful, oh. large, like, it's a, On a lake, picture country again. estate. Every time we see houses now, I think, ranking the houses in the movies we've seen, it would be up there. Yeah. It wouldn't be number one because this house possessed is going to be it for me probably forever. Yes. Yes. So she says she doesn't blame them for what happened when they run to the backyard and there's Robbie, he's outside and he does not recognize him. But then he calls JJ Freelick. If you recall, that was the character JJ was when they were playing the game. So they realize that he believes he's Pardo. He wants to begin another quest and he talks about the area across the lake and they just decide to go along with it. Yeah. So it's kind um, of weird. I mean, it's unusual because I don't know what I would have done in that situation, but it was kind of strange. Yeah. But it was still nice. But they were sort of like, well, what harm is it going to do to play the game? Exactly. Yep. I think that's what exactly happened. So a voice over of Kate tells us that they played the game with him and that he saw monsters 
but they only saw the death of hope and the loss of their friends. Yeah, that was sad. I liked the voiceover in the end. They didn't do any other voiceovers except for at that end scene. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Case, when I decided we were going to review this movie, and I remember, I think I talked about it in the last episode. I thought, I am not kidding you. I swear, I remember the ending being Robbie goes into the caverns and then that's it. Uh-huh. Yes, I remember Because remember that. I was saying I was so confused about the movie. Yeah. But I think the confusion of the movie was I honestly didn't understand how a person could just become somebody else. And I think that scared me. I think I internally found that very frightening as a child. Not I wasn't that young, but it was so confusing. And I think that's part of the problem with this movie is like, you know, it's so heavy handed with the morality that how many other people did it scare? Right. Like, is are you going to wake up tomorrow and become somebody else that you don't know who you are? Right. Like, that's what I didn't like, but I swear the ending was completely different than what I remember. So now I don't know what movie I was remembering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. there was no scene where he went out there by himself. No, so but our, JJ did. Yeah, so, so maybe that may have been where I confused yeah. it too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Mazes and Monsters was actually not based on a true crime, but on a theory of what happened to a missing person named James Dallas Egbert III in 1979. And I actually kind of feel like when I was doing my research that JJ and Robbie were both kind of based on this character, but they made them separate people on this. I don't mean, I'm sorry. I don't on mean to call person. it. I feel terrible now. No, that's okay. Um, that I said that on this person, but they kind of separated the two. Yeah. So because James was a child prodigy, who was only 16 at the time, he disappeared from his dorm room at Michigan State University. After he disappeared, his parents hired William Deere, a private investigator. Deere disclosed several theories to the press, and unfortunately, the one they ran with was a theory that James disappeared into the steam tunnels under the university while playing D&D. He also reported that James may have been in a fugue state and not known whether he was himself or his D&D character. Yep. And so what happens? Well, the fucking press ran with it. Yep. And I don't want to go too deep into this, but it seems like his parents may have gone along with that theory because they didn't want to face the reality of what was really going on. That's yep. all I'm going to say. So the reality of what happened was wildly, wildly different. And I'm going to put all of the links for this in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper, I'm just going to give you the very surface of what happened. So James did play D&D very, very briefly at the university to make some friends. But the reality was that he was suicidal. He was probably abusing drugs and he was really struggling with his sexual identity. So after leaving a suicide note, James entered the steam tunnels to commit suicide on August 15, 1979. He was not found in the tunnels because he ultimately ran away to New Orleans. Deer found him there and tried to get him to come home. James refused to go home, and he ran away again, this time to Louisiana. He eventually contacted Deer again to reveal his whereabouts. James was subsequently placed in the custody of his uncle and died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound on August 18, 1980. Later, William Deer wrote a book titled The Dungeon Master, The Disappearance of James Dallas Egbert III, which is actually still available on Amazon today. You can actually get it from Kindle for like $3.99. I don't know about if I would want to read this book because to me, sometimes the private investigators that write the books, there's definitely an agenda. So mm -hmm. I'm not worried. I mean, I would be worried that there may not be as much reality in there as, you know, the articles that I've read. Okay. So Rona Jaffe decided who I think she based Kate off of her own self. Okay. Wrote a fictional account of the press's story. So she's like, oh, this story sounds good. I'm going to write a fictional account of it. Yes. And she called it Mazes and Monsters. It was published in 1981 and eventually was adapted into this movie. So Mazes and Monsters came out before the Dungeon Master that William Deere wrote. Okay. So how did the press end up focusing so heavily on this weird D&D &D theory? It's likely due to the, what we call the satanic panic of the 1980s. Yeah. So in addition to all of the show notes, the links to the show notes of the research, I'm also going to post some show notes about satanic panic if you're interested in learning more because we could do a whole episode series on satanic oh, panic. So sure. I don't think we need to go into that much detail, but I did want to bring up that how different the reality was, the story behind the movie was. Okay. So I thought it was worth having a little conversation about Absolutely. telling you guys. So if you want to read up more about it again in the show notes and yeah, so 
That was weird. I'm glad I watched it again, though. Yeah. Because I feel like I've been holding, like, this weird, like, recollection of the movie that wasn't really completely. But I did remember a lot of it. Okay. And then when I saw Chris Makepeace, I was like, yeah. Yeah. He's cute. Okay. He stopped acting, which sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, I can understand. Mm -hmm. Do you know that I've seen pictures recently of Michael Sofling from 16 Candles who played Jake? Oh, you he, know, because he, he quit. Yeah, he absolutely. And for years and years, nobody knew what he even like where he was and what he did. But apparently his daughter is now a model. I think he married a model. So the daughter's now modeling. And I think on her Instagram or something, she's posted pictures, but I've seen them. Okay. Yeah, he's still cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's still, he's still cute. He's still got the little Jake, the little Jake thing going on. So Case. We already talked about what we're doing for summer, but let's talk about what we're doing in April. All right. We're going back to the 90s. Hooray. Our Let first... me get out my lip liner. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And then pluck your eyebrows. They yes. need to be super thin. Mm -hmm. Our movie is called Love's Deadly Triangle, The Texas Cadet Murder, which is about the murder of Adrian Jones in 1995. So for those of you who've listened before, you know that I'm a little bit, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, a lot of missing person content. Ooh, podcast. This was one of them that I was kind of obsessed with. I mean, I watched mm -hmm. all the Datelines, the 2020s, everything. And I think that the trial may have actually been shown live on Court TV. Yes, I think it was. So I'm pretty sure that I watched some of it. Yeah. The other one was based on an actual show that I saw our friend. No, I can't remember his name. Oh, shit. American Justice. And I don't know why oh, you're asking me to name Bill a name Curtis. of somebody. Bill Curtis. Bill okay. Curtis. He did American Justice and he did City Confidential. And that's where I learned about this particular story. The movie is called In Broad Daylight. It's from 1991. It is about the quote unquote still unsolved because I think everybody knows who did it. Murder of Ken McElroy in Skidmore, Missouri in 1981. Brian Dennehy. I just hate him because he's such a good actor and his characters are just all awful. Yes. So I'm really excited to see if that is going to live up to what I remember. Yeah. And okay. I think that's where we're kind of at now with a lot of these movies. Are they what I remember. Really yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of fun. All right. Well, so good. do you have a favorite TV movie from the 70s, 80s, or 90s you'd like us to review? Let us know. Find us on our socials. We're on Facebook at Made for TV Movie Club Podcast, on Twitter at TV Movie Club Pod One, and on Instagram at Made underscore four underscore TV underscore movie underscore club. Or give the hashtag MFTVMC podcast to Google and you'll find us. You will. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcast channels, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're also on Amazon Music. If you love us as much as we love you, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook and tell your friends about us. Until next time, we'll see you right here, here in the clubhouse. clubhouse. Dun, dun, dun. Dun 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 dun.